Hi, and welcome to eTalmud 2.0. We are going to begin from the very bottom of Chavdalan on the base 24b of Chagiga, um, and uh, we will continue on to 25a. Um, so if you look at the Mishnah, so it's about seven lines down, if you're looking in the original text, um, seven lines down, seven lines, I'm sorry, from the bottom, and it's the beginning of the Mishnah. So last Mishnah, we spoke about how, in which way sacrificial food is more stringent than truma, and this time we're going to talk about how truma can be more stringent than sacrificial food, than kodesh. Chomer bitruma, the stringency of truma. In the area of Judea, which was actually the area around Jerusalem. The Ame Haaretz, the ones that are not careful about truma and tahara, they're trusted regarding the purity of wine and oil, but we're specifically talking about sacrificial wine and oil. Throughout the entire year, and if it's the wine pressing season or the olive pressing season, then they're also going to be believed regarding the purity of truma as well. So we see very clearly that um, they're believed about the purity of sacrificial wine and oil throughout the year, whereas for truma, they're only believed during the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season. So we see very clearly that um that that's a stringency of truma over kodesh um okay let's go a little bit further if the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season have passed so officially you would no longer an ama arts would no longer be believed about the purity of truma and an am haaretz brought a truma barrel of wine to um, somebody that was trying to be careful about uh, coda, about purity. You're not allowed to accept it from them. And obviously it's because it's past the wine pressing season. However, the Amha'ar, it's the one that's not careful. He can leave that bottle, that barrel, until the next wine pressing season. And then give it to the Chaver, give it to the person that is careful at that point. So even though he knows that it's a barrel from last year, um, from last year after the pressing season when he would not have been believed about the purity status because it was given to him during the time of the year where he is believed, or an Amha'aretz is believed about the purity status, um, even though it was from last year, we're going to uh, say that that is all right. Um, and the idea would have been is that we can assume um, that um, that this Amha'aretz put it aside, put it in safekeeping to be kept until this year, and that if they would have put it aside, um, they wouldn't have been using it, and therefore it would not have been used um, in any way, it would not have been touched, and therefore we can assume that the purity would have remained it intact, would have remained intact. Okay. Vi'im um, Amarlo, and if the pressing season is done, but the Am Ha'aretz tells the Chaver, Hifrashti l'Sochara is Kodesh, that within this barrel of wine is a revius, a quarter log of something sacrificial. Um, Ne'eman, then he's believed about the Truma portion as well. Because basically, because an Am Ha'aretz is always believed about Kodesh in this area and in, in Judea, um, and if he says that this barrel partially is Kodesh, 
then we can assume that he would not have, you know, that it's not, you know, there's, it's impossible that part of this is no longer tahor and part of, some of it is pure and some of it's not pure because that's just not how it works. And therefore, if part of it was Kodesh, which he's believed on, we'll assume that he's also going to be believed or say he'll also be believed for the Chuma part of it. Another stringency of Chuma over Kodesh is Kade Yayin Vekade Shemen. When it comes to jugs of wine and jugs of oil, Hamidumaos, which are which are mixed together. So it's a mixture within this jug of wine is some Chuma wine, Chulin wine, so just regular wine, and Kodesh wine. So the Amha'aretz is trusted regarding them, regarding the purity status of them, during the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season. And prior to the wine pressing season for 70 days. And the idea here is very simple. Because the contents of this vessel are partially going to be used for our Kodesh, for sacrificial purposes, the Amha'aretz is trusted regarding the purity status of the entire vessel. Um, whereas, obviously, if it just had Shuma, then the Amha'aretz would not be believed. So, uh, again, we see another, another, very important, um, another very important stringency that exists from Shuma over Kodesh. Okay, now let's do the Gemara. Let's talk about the Gemara. A lot of this stuff will be explained. Um, so the Mishnah first talked about how the Amha Aretz in Judea is going to believe about sacrificial wine and oil, about their purity status the entire year. So the Gemara is going to infer, Behuda in of Galilo. It seems like in Judea the Amha Aretz will be believed, but not in Galil, not in the Galilee. My time, and what's the reason? Amar Shlakish says, It's because... There's a strip of non-Jewish land or Kuthian land that separates between the area of Galil and the area of Judea. And that area, it's um, it's non-Jewish land. So we basically assume the that 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 very land imparts tuma to anything that's being transported through it. So if you have Galilean wine that's being transported to the Beis Hamikdash, to the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, to Judea, it has to go through this Kuthian strip. And because it has to go through the Kuthian trip, it automatically will become impure because it's going through the land of the nations, which is automatically um, imparts um, in ritual impurity. And, um, and therefore, because it's impossible to keep that food pure in the first place, we basically say that, um, that stuff that comes from the Galil, stuff that comes from that area, we cannot assume to be kosher. Uh, we can, I'm sorry, we cannot assume to be pure. Um, and that's why we were very specific about Judean, um, Judean produce, Judean wine and Judean oil. So now the Gemara's asked, Venesa Bashida Table Migdal. Now, there's got to be a way to make sure that la- that wine that went through over this strip still remains pure. What about by putting it into some sort of carriage or a trunk or a closet? In other words, it's going to be put into an enclosed space that is above the ground. Um, that acts as like a as a as a as a um, separation between the ground and what's inside of the interior, um, and therefore that should make it um, possible to bring wine from the Galilee to Judea, even though it has to go over the Kuthian strip, and it would not become tame, it would not become impure, and therefore we're back to the original question of the Mishnah: Why does the Mishnah infer that only Judean wine 
we can um, assume the we could trust the purity status when an Amaaret says something, but not Galilean wine. So we answer Hamani, who is the author of our Mishnah, Rebihi. It is Rebi. Who says that a moving ohel, a moving um, a moving roof, um, a moving um, something that is moving that is acts as a separation between ritual impurity and an, the object inside of it, if it's a moving vessel or if it's a moving thing, then um, it cannot be considered as an interposition or a separation from the tuma, from the tuma, from the ritual impurity. And therefore, there's no way to bring across wine over the Kuthian strip without it becoming ritually impure. Now, by the way, this is very relevant because the question is, is if you're in a car um, and you're going through a cemetery, um, does the tuma of the cemetery, can it break through your sealed car or not? Now, a car would seemingly be a moving, a moving vessel, a moving um, separation. And according to Rebbe, it would seemingly not be a good interposition between it and ritual impurity. Ditanya, because we learned in Abraisa, if you go into the land of the nations, which automatically gives over ritual impurity, um, in a carriage, a trunk, or a closet, Rebbe Metame, Rebbe says you're actually going to be Tame. You're going to be ritually impure, even though you're completely separated from the ritual impurity. Um, because it's moving, it does not it does not appropriately act as a chatzitza, as a separation. Rabbi Yosi, the son of Rabbi Huda, rules him to be tahor because he holds that um, it is considered a separation, even though it's a moving thing. So, um, and we're going to say that our mission is going according to Rabbi, and that's why um, Gal- we we said only Judean wine is going to be um, pure, but not Galilean wine. So now we're going to ask a question. You know, if you're going to say that a moving, a moving ohel, a moving um, contraption, does not act as an interposition, but let him bring it, the wine in an earthenware vessel that's closed all around it with a sealed cover. That's not considered a. That's not a moving vessel. Um, that's just an earthen. That's not a moving contraption. That's an earthenware vessel, and an earthenware vessel, of course, will protect the wine or oil from the tuma of the Eretz Amen from the land of the nations. So Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Shonin, the rabbis taught in Abraisa, Ein HaKodesh Nitzol B'Tzamed Pasel. Kodesh is not saved. This is a rabbinic enactment that Kodesh is not saved from Tuma um, by it being in an urban water vessel with a sealed cover. Um, it's a chumrah, it's a stringency by Kodesh that um, we do not allow that to protect against Tuma, for, to protect against ritual impurity. Okay. Um... But now the Gemara is going to ask, Vahatanya, but wait a minute, didn't we learn in a Braisa, Ein chatas nitzeles b'tzamed pasel, that if you have chatas water, which is water that's mixed with the ashes of the red heifer, we say that that water um, is not saved from tuma by means of an earthenware vessel with a sealed cover. But the inference is, is my love hakodesh nitzel. The implication would be is that that's a specific law when it comes to chatas water, which we know is more stringent even than regular sacrificial stuff. But the implication would be then is that um, my love, does this not imply HaKodesh Nitzel, that Kodesh, sacrificial stuff, would be saved from Tuma in this matter? So we answer, Lo, no, that's not the inference. No, the implication is, is that waters that have not yet been prepared as Chatas water. So you've designated the water that it was going to be used for Chatas water, but you did not yet mix it in with the ashes. 
the, the inferences is that type of water could be saved from tuma um, of, you know, if it's put into an earthenware vessel with a sealed cover, but we do not know, we cannot extrapolate about Kodesh whatsoever. You can't make an inference about Kodesh and how that would work. Okay, now the Gemara is going to ask, wait a minute, Vaham or Ula, didn't Ula say? Chavraya medakun megalila. In the Galilee, the Chaverim, those that are careful with Tum and Tahara, they prepare wine and oil in a state of Tahara, in a state of ritual purity, to use as sacrifices in the temple. So how could they be used as sacrifices in the temple? Doesn't it automatically mean they have to go over the Kuthian strip, which is Eretz Am, which is land of the nations, which automatically gives off tuma to those to the wine and the oil so what are you talking about how, how does that possibly work so we answer manichin you're right they don't use that wine and oil for the base to make this for the holy temple in jerusalem for the sacrifices rather they can set it aside they leave it in galilee and they set it aside in the hopes that eliyahu hanavi elijah will come at the times of the coming of mashiach and will purify the strip of kuthian land in other words Elijah will tell us, find us a strip through that strip where it does not give off, where it definitely doesn't give off any sort of tuma, any sort of ritual impurity. And then we'll be able to use the wine and oil that was prepared by the chaverim, by those um, fastidious people. Um, we'll be able to use it at that point. Okay, now we're going to talk about the next part of our Mishnah, which says, During the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season, then an Amharitz is believed even regarding Truma, the, the Tahara status of Truma. Uramini, but we ask on this from a Mishnah that says, Hagomer Um if you are completing the gathering of your olives, Yeshayer Kupa Achas, you should set aside one box of olives of Truma, Vietnena Laani Kohen, and give it to a poor Kohen. So the idea here is, is that while still harvesting, Put aside a box of olives um, because the nothing can become tame before the um, the gathering is done. And if you put it aside before the gathering is done, then you can know that they'll never be able to become tame because they were put aside before that point. And then give that as truma to a poor kohen. So the implication here is is that. The only reason you can give it to a Kohen at that point is because you set it aside before the gathering was done. But after the gathering, you would not be able to give it to a Kohen, or a Kohen would not be able to accept it because seemingly Amharitz is not trusted about the Tuma and Tara status of Truma at any point, which would obviously contradict our Mishnah, which says that if as long as it's during the olive pressing season, which after gathering is the olive pressing season, uh, and Amharitz is believed. So we seem to have a Mishnah that contradicts our Mishnah. So Amr of Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Lo kasha, it's not a question, not a difficulty. Habacharfi Afli. In our Mishnah, that says they are believed um, as long as it's during the olive pressing season, that's dealing with the early crop of olives. And the other Mishnah, which seems to say that the Amharts is never believed, that's dealing with the late crop of olives. And the idea is, is that the early crop of olives um, those will be those are harvested during the olive pressing season and then we believe we believe the amharats during that time the late um the late crop of olives by the time that those olives are processed the pressing season has been done and therefore the amharats will no longer be believed about their ritual purity 
Okay, so now we ask a question. said, such as which? Meaning, what types of olives are considered the late crop? And Rav Nachman answers something that we will not understand. The likes of those of your father's house. So whatever those olives were like, those would have been the considered the late crop olives. Okay. Rav Yosef Amar, Rav Yosef said, they taught this Mishnah with regard to the Galilee. Meaning the Mishnah that seemed to say that an Am Ha'aretz is never believed about the ritual purity status of his Truma, that was actually only in the Galilee. Because as we explained, because um, anyways, um, if you transport the Galilean produce to Judea, it will automatically become Tameh, it will automatically become ritually impure. So if it's Galilean produce, we'll never trust the Nama Aretz regarding it. Um, whereas our mission is discussing Judea, and the, um, and we would trust the Nama Aretz at least during the pressing season. Esve Abaye, now Abaye is going to ask on Rav Yosef, who said that the difference between the Mishnahs is one mission is talking about the Galil, the Galilean area, and one mission is talking about Judea. Um, Abaye is going to say, the Brisa tells us that um, Transjordan and the Galilee, they are actually like Judea with regard to the trustworthiness of the Amharats. Which means that the Amharats is believed about wine during the wine season, regarding oil during the oil season. But not regarding wine during the oil season, and not regarding the oil during the wine season. But what we do see, though, is that at least during their respective pressing seasons, an Amaretz is trusted even in the Galilee. So we cannot say that the contradictions of the Mishnah can be resolved by saying one is talking about the Galilee and one is talking about Judea. So, Rather, we say that um, that um, it's, um, we'll go with, the, uh, with what we said earlier. Um, which is that the one Mishnah is talking about the early crop, one Mishnah is talking about the late crop, and that is how we will reconcile the two Mishnahs. Okay, we'll stop here for today, and we'll continue um, from the very bottom of 25a next time. Happy Hanukkah.